Today we're starting a new series that I'm super excited about that I believe will really help you uh, grow deeper with, with God and uh, what He has for you. We're calling the series Compartmentalized Life. And a little sub, uh, series, uh, subtitle would be Where Does God Start and Where Does God Stop? Uh, compartmentalized Life. Where Does God Start and Where Does God Stop? I think people compartmentalize their life all the time. From small things like when you eat your food. I don't know about you, but when I eat my food, like I don't want my lettuce touching hot potatoes. Are you there? Yeah? Okay. Okay. See, I'm not the only crazy thing. It's not group therapy, right? Um, like I'll compartmentalize my food. I'll put, okay, the salad goes here. The hot stuff goes over there. There is a line, right? Um, hopefully the gravy doesn't get. I compartmentalize my food. Now Levi, on the other hand, uh-uh. He just like... He grosses me out, quite honestly. He'll take his cup of water, put his potatoes in there, bread in there, and then just chug it back. I'm like, bro, that is not a smoothie. I know you're a year and a half old, but that is not okay, right? Uh, so <laughs> and we all compartmentalize, you know, whether it's our food, our clothes. Like, do you guys have this? Of Like, you have work clothes, and then you're like not work clothes, especially if you're doing stuff outside or heavy-duty stuff, right? You compartmentalize, and you make a distinction. Um, you even, I think, we compartmentalize people. Like, these are my work friends, my church friends, my friend friends. Don't tell me which one I fit in, because <laughs> that might hurt me. Um, but we compartmentalize every, uh, like, a lot of aspects in in our life, right? Like, uh, this is my work life, my home life, my best life now, one time a, a year on vacation life, right? We compartmentalize. And when it comes to God, I think we can compartmentalize Him to a degree, that everybody actually compartmentalizes God to agree. God, you can go here in my life, but not over here. You can have this part of my heart, but not this part of my heart. God, invade my life, but whoa, 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 don't touch this part, right? Or God, you can work in this area of my life, but this part, I'm going to figure out myself. You know, I think even where it's like, these are my Christian activities. These are like Sundays, okay, I'm going to church, and then maybe it's, it's okay, then the rest is just me living my life, right? So I think we can compartmentalize our lives at times, uh, where God can touch, where God can impact. And I think the, the, so the title of our series is Compartmentalized Life. Where does God start and God stop? But I think an even one bit more accurate for me would be compartmentalized life. Where do I allow God to start? And where do I cause him to stop in my life? Because I think we actually can compartmentalize God and say, God, you can start here, but whoa, whoa, stop here. You can only go so far. Um, sometimes I think it's consciously, but sometimes I think it's just subconsciously that we separate areas of our life from God. But why does this matter? Why does it matter that we do that? Because the areas you allow God to touch with and allow Him to be in your life, He will bring His power, His spirit, His fullness that is really what you allow God to into is how then you will thrive in that area of your life. You know, 2 uh, Corinthians 6, it says this. Uh, it's Paul writing to uh, a church, and he says this. He says, Dear 
Dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. Check this out. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Or you could say, Paul's saying, hey, you're compartmentalizing your life. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. I believe that God has a wide open, expansive life for you. But that we can at times compartmentalize our life. Try saying that seven times, even four times. It'll be a challenge at the end. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and I th throughout this series, we're going to go through four different aspects that can cause us to compartmentalize our life and keep God out of some areas. That's keep God separate. And then answer, how do we break down those things, that those walls, those barriers, so that we can allow God's life, God's power, God's fullness into every area of our life, so that we can have the life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10, where he says, I've come to give you life, and life more abundant, right? You know, before Jesus uh, came to the earth, reconciled man to God, when God spoke to people in the Old Testament, he spoke to people through a prophet. And the prophet was the only person who ever talked to God. And God talked to the prophet, and then the prophet would say, okay, here's what God says. And so in the time, yeah, exactly. But in the time of uh, the, the prophet, his name was Samuel. And in that time, there was a king. His name, uh, his name of course, was Saul. And Saul disobeyed God, and God came to this prophet Samuel, and he said, hey, I want you to anoint a new king. And so Samuel says, okay, I'm going to anoint a new king. God says to Samuel, okay, you need to go to Jesse's house. He's got a bunch of sons, and you're going to anoint one of them with oil and say, you are the new king. So it would be Samuel anointing, God speaking through Samuel, saying, you are the king. So Samuel goes to Jesse's house, Papa Jesse's house. He's going there, and he says, hey, I'm here. Bring your sons here. We're going to anoint one of them the next king of Israel. Now, this is a big deal, right? Because this is the prophet, the one person at the time who heard from God, who spoke from God, right? This would be like, I don't know, the most important person that you could have visiting your home, visiting your home. It is a big deal. Like I could see Papa Jesse say, okay, quick, vacuum, vacuum, go, go, go. You ever do that? Someone comes to your house. And it's like, okay, here we go, here we go, here's the game plan. You vacuum, you're doing the bathrooms, you're doing, right? Do you do that? Okay, well, you know the chaos before you come to my house, what happens? Just kidding, it's always clean. Um, squeaky clean. Okay, but, so I can see Papa Jesse saying, okay, clean the house, S vacuum up that sand on there, right? They're living in the desert, I don't know, but they're, they're going there. Then he, then Samuel comes and Jesse brings his sons. Now his oldest, he brings to him first. And, and he must have been tall. He must have looked like a king. What Samuel thought was a king. What Jesse thought was a king. Because Samuel, the Bible says, Samuel said, I think, uh, the Bible says that Samuel thought, this must be the guy. Because he looked very king-like. He looked like what other people would say, this is a king. And Samuel thought, oh, this is the one. But God said, uh-uh, that's not the king. I, God looks at the heart, man looks at the outward appearance. So he's like, okay, okay. So next one comes. He's like, mm-mm, 
Nope, not this one. The next son comes. Mm -mm. Nope, not this one. He brings seven sons. Man, Papa Jesse. Uh, he brings seven sons. They all come, and Sam is like, no, no, no. He brings all these sons in front of Samuel, and none of them are it. And all these sons, I think, are what Jesse thinks this is king material, right? King material. And Samuel then says, um, are you sure there's not another uh, anyone else? Are you sure there's not anyone else? Um, and here's what it goes in 1 Samuel 16. It says, in, this, uh, in the same way, all seven of Papa Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are, there, uh, are these all the sons you have? Now think of this. This is one of the most important people in the nation of Israel. The dude talks to God, the only one at the time. And he, and he says, hey, are you, are you sure there's no one else, right? And this is what Jesse says. There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the field watching, uh, watching the sheep and goats. So Samuel says, send for him at once, said Samuel. Uh, we, shall, uh, we shall not sit down to eat until he arrives. No, I find it interesting that he puts the little levy in there because we don't know how much they value uh, the next son. It's like, we're not going to eat until he comes. So he's like, okay, get him. Um, so Jesse sent for him. Uh, he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Um, and the Lord said, this is the one anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took out the flask of oil, uh, which also in the New Test Testament, it's a type and shadow of the New Testament for the Holy Spirit. And he had brought, the anoint, uh, brought and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on, and Samuel returned to where he was coming from. Now, I find this story interesting because this is one of the most important people coming to your house. And, and Jesse, he brought all of the sons that he thought God could say, this is king. He brought everyone that he thought, this is what would look like king material. This is, okay, this is my first son. He's definitely, he's tall, he's good looking, he's got dark hair, brown eyes, wears a white shirt and jeans. No, um, and then, then they bring, he brings the next one. He thinks that's what they're going to look like. And he brings all the sons that he thinks and he perceives this is what a king looks like. This is someone that God would use. But what's interesting is he compartmentalized his own kids. He said, because of the way he thinks. He said, this is what I think would be a king. This is what looks like a king. But, Sam, uh, but David over there, he's in the field. He was compartmentalized. Uh, Samuel had to bring up, Do you, you sure you don't have another son? That's how much Jesse was like, this guy's king material. The prophet had to bring it up. So Sam, uh, Jesse actually compartmentalized his kids, saying, these are the ones that I think would be king-like. His actions speak for it, don't they? But no, David, you stay out there because I don't see, you're not really what I think king material looks like. You're not necessarily what I think God might be able to use. So he brings all seven sons, but leaves one. Why? Because of the way he was thinking. Because of thinking caused, his thinking and perception caused him to compartmentalize. God, you can touch 
because God was working through Samuel. God, you can touch these seven, but I'm leaving this other one in the field because I don't think this is what king material should be like. It took even the prophet saying, hey, you sure you don't have another son? Oh, yeah, there's one in the field, right? Yet David, they, so Samuel anointed, yet David changed a nation. You know, David brought freedom. David wrote the majority of the Psalms in the Bible, right? David, the Bible says in Acts 13.22 that David was actually a man after God's own heart. Yet Jesse's thinking of what he saw was a king could have actually caused that, whole, that David to be totally missed out from being touched by God, by chosen by God. Jesse's thoughts and perception of what a king should look like and what a king, uh, what God could use caused him to compartmentalize his sons. I think the first thing, the first aspect that we're going to talk about this week that can compartmentalize our lives from God is our thoughts and perceptions. Thoughts and perceptions that don't line, that are not in line with God and with his word. Jesse set limits on God because of what he thought was uh, king material and what was, well, field material, right? Uh, God, you can use this, but you can't use that. God, I'm bringing you these seven, but I'm not going to even bother with here. Why? I believe because of his perception, because of how he was thinking about it. I think this can happen in our lives as well. That what Jesse thought and perceived compartmentalized what the oil or Holy Spirit could reach and touch, that it can happen in our lives. Uh, God says, I love you. I want to do life with you. I want you to encounter me. That I, I want you to thrive. And how we perceive and think about that can actually cause us to give God some areas of our life. Say, okay, God, this is the type of area that I think you want. But, whoa, 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 I'm leaving this in the field. Because I don't think this is God material. Or this is what you are actually asking for. Or what, what it looks like. We qualify, I think, at times what God uh, wants based on our own experiences or assumptions or perceptions. An area of our life that can compartmentalize. You know, something that in my very own life, what I found that I did is I would read at one time, I'd read like, you know, I would read, uh, it's impossible to please God without faith. And that faith calls things that be not as though they are. And those are truths. Those are so good. Those are something that you can build a foundation in life on. But what was interesting is my own perception and thinking on that wasn't in line with what God actually meant in his word. And for a time, I actually perceived that as, hang on, I can't come to God with the brokenness. That I need to have things together before I can come to God. Because if I don't, if I, if I come to God in brokenness, that's not faith. So then I'm not pleasing to God. Can I not come to? And so then what I would do is I would compartmentalize my life. What I thought God could use, I'm like, Jesus, right, Sunday mornings. And then, then if there were some things that I'm like, oh, I don't know about that, I'd be like, you're staying in the field, yeah. right? I'd say, and then, and then my thinking and perception was not in line with the reality of God, because God is not like that. He wants us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in our time of need. God actually wants us to come to him in our brokenness when we need 
But yet my thinking wasn't in line with what God said. I compartmentalized because I perceived uh, what God was saying the wrong way. And, and this happened, so then I compartmentalized my life. God, you can have this part, but I'm not going to bring you this because I don't even think you can, this is what you even want. This isn't, this isn't God material. I'll just leave this. That's me just whining, right? <laughs> have you ever been there? Have you ever had that? God actually wants us to come to him. I was like Jesse in that time where I don't think God wants to use this hurt or, and that can stay in the field, that bad situation. I'm just going to like, you know, go ostrich on it. There's nothing bad happening. There's nothing bad happening because I thought at that time that was faith, but that really isn't. Faith is being bold, taking God at his word and acting on it. It's not denying what's happening. It's saying, hang on, there's something greater happening that God is above what's happening, that I'm acknowledging that God will do what he said he will do. He'll bring about a good uh, end. He will work in those situations. He's a healer. Amen. You know, so what I found then is once I finally got into his word, once I realized, hey, uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, I can come boldly to the throne of grace in my time of need not when I have everything together, that actually broke down the compartmentalized part of my life where I was like, oh, I can actually bring him everything that I have. You know, what areas of your life have you compartmentalized because of thinking and perception that is in line with what God, with God's word and what God's saying? Maybe you're like me and it's God, I feel like God have everything together before I can even come to you. You know, or maybe it's, Thoughts that God doesn't care about this area of my life. Maybe, okay, I'm on Sunday. God loves worshiping, right, and worship. But then when it comes to Monday in that presentation, that's where I just got to do what I need to do, right? Or I'm having this challenge with my coworker, but God, why would you care about that? Uh, thoughts can come in like that, right? Or maybe you think ministry is like being a pastor or being a worship leader or on Sunday mornings when you're served, yet... And then you go to work, and it's like, well, I wish maybe I could do ministry. Yet, what God says is that we are ministers of the gospel. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are the hands and feet where God actually maybe wants you to be on that construction site, being a witness uh, with your life, with your words, right? Being in the office and being there. You know, or maybe you have a picture of what things should look like. So once things look like this, then I will. Have you ever had that? Once things are in this way, then I will go and do this, right? Once I th have things together, then I'll reach out with the love of God. Or once I have enough money, then I'll be generous. Once I then, right? And that's perception or thinking that can actually limit or compartmentalize our lives. Thoughts and perceptions contrary to the message of Jesus, I believe, can compartmentalize our lives. Put up barriers of, God, you can go here but you can't touch here. Compartmentalized life. Where do I allow God to start and cause him to stop in my life? Sometimes it can be conscious, of like, oh God, I just don't want you to go there. Or sometimes I think it can be subconscious where, where it's like you don't even know that, you, you're, that there's a barrier up, right? But as you allow God to touch and work in your life, I believe that the Spirit of God will show you and say, hey, there's this up, and I'd love to t uh, go in that area of your life. God wants to be in every single area of your life. 
for the Spirit of God to bring life, wholeness, uh, uh, healing into every single area. For you, like the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, for you to live in a wide open, spacious life, to live freely and openly, not in this small, compartmentalized space where sometimes our thoughts or perceptions can close us in from the life, the reality that God has for you. So how do we live this wide open, spacious life? And how do we get rid of the compartmentalized walls, even if we don't even know they're there? How do we do that? You know, um, uh, Romans 12, 2, it says this. It says, stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation, or another word, uh, translation says, total renewing of your mind uh, and how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will uh, as you live a beautifully life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I believe in order to uh, break down the compartmentalize, the barriers that are in our life, we need to change how we think. Change how we think and transform how we see things to an elevated perspective. Why do I say elevated perspective? Well, in Isaiah 55, 8, it says this. It says, for my thoughts are not your, your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, that, uh, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's got a bird's eye view. He sees the beginning from the end. His thoughts, his ways are higher than ours. And I believe there's an invitation that God has of, uh, in Ephesians it says that I pray that you'd have uh, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So in other words, come up to that elevated perspective. See things how God sees them. I believe when we see things how God sees them, then the compartmentalized life breaks down. You know, Hebrews uh, 4.12 tells us how we do that. It says this, For uh, we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, uh, where spirit and soul, uh, uh, soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals true thoughts and the secret motives of our hearts. The Word of God, in other words, the Bible, what God says, uh, will break down barriers in our life. Those thoughts or perceptions that don't line up with how, who God is, what He's done, when we get into His Word, that actually will renew our minds and break down barriers so that we can live freely and lightly in the life that He has, right? Reading, our, reading the Bible hearing messages on Sunday, right? We don't do it just because, well, Josiah needs to get up to speak or I want to just come and drive in a blizzard. We believe that, you know, God has a word and that as we declare his words, that life comes, that, that God speaks life, right? So doing thrive groups, discussing around God's word, that transforms and renews your mind as well as like just doing life with God, walking with Jesus. This will cause you to renew your life. And I believe as you do that, you will start to just even notice things that you didn't even know were there. That you're like, oh, I didn't even know that I kept walking and hitting a wall here. Kept walking, hitting a wall, and I didn't let God in. I believe as you get into that, then you'll realize, oh, this is not how God really is. Or this isn't what God has. This is now what God has for me. Psalms uh, 119, it says this, the word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. 
I believe the more you get into his word, you do life with Jesus, it will illuminate those areas that you didn't even know were boxing you in. Illuminate those thoughts that you didn't even know were holding you in. Uh, this is what happened to me. Once I got into his word and I had the revelation of, hang on, God wants me to come boldly to the throne of grace in my time of need. It illuminated a wall that I didn't even know was there. And then I could, then that wall broke down. That compartmentalized broke down. I think everybody, to a degree, has thoughts and perceptions that don't allow God to fully go into every area of their life. Maybe conscious, maybe subconscious. But God loves you so much. He is for you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He wants you to encounter him, his presence, his power, even more than you do. And he wants you to taste and see that he is good, right? For you to have that abundant, thriving life. And as we get into his word, as we do life with him, I believe that he will reveal ways of that our thoughts and perceptions are causing us to live a small compartmentalized life. And that will break down the wall so that we can live freely and openly in the life that he has provided for us. In Jesus' name.